You're tuned into Two Shades of Blue, a Carolina Blitz podcast featuring Royal and Terrence, two brothers from another mother who rep rival teams eight miles down Tobacco Road. Each week, Royal and Terrence will give their real and unbiased take on all Carolina sports and entertainment. Yo, yo, yo. This is Terrence Hatcher. I'm one half of the Two Shades of Blue podcast for Carolina Blitz. My partner is Roy Howell. My boss is Vashti Hurt. And we're just going to do a quick little recap of what we've seen in the NBA Finals thus far and preview what's to come ahead. Um, series is tied 2-2. Phoenix won the first two games. Milwaukee went back home. Yeah, Giannis imposes Will in game three with a 41-point performance. Game four, highly contested game, very physical game. Not the prettiest game to watch at times, but it was intense. And when it came down to it, it just came down to a couple of big plays. Uh, Giannis made the play of the game, uh, playing help defense. Um, nobody bumped Aiden off to help Giannis out, so Giannis had to turn, pivot, and recover and then find Aiden and then meet Aiden at the apex near the top of the square of the, of the backboard and blocked his shot, which was a game – well, I won't say a game-saving play, but it was definitely a game-changing play. Um, Walking went down and missed a couple shots, and then Chris Paul had an awful turnover. And, um, I mean, Phoenix shot 50% from the field despite not really having a great game from Chris Paul and – Mikael Bridges has been a no-show since game two. He had seven points in game four and four points in game three. Um, DeAndre Aiden really didn't play that great uh, in game four. And yet Phoenix was up seven midway through the fourth quarter. And, you know, Devin Booker got in foul trouble. Really should have fouled out. Um, He really was fortunate twice that he didn't foul out. Uh, one, there was just a blatant foul on Drew uh, Holiday. Fortunately, the Bucks won the game and really didn't come down to that one play where Devin Booker grabbed uh, Drew Holiday going for the ball um, because, you know, people were already on Twitter saying that uh, the NBA is rigged and rigged was trending, so it's not a good look for the NBA. The officiating um, has been interesting because early on in the series, Milwaukee was complaining about the officiating because Phoenix – shot like 26 free throws in game one and made 25 of them. And the Bucks thought that they got hosed by the refs. And then when the series shifted to Milwaukee, uh, the Phoenix Suns are complaining about officiating. And I mean, if you're Phoenix, you can complain about the refs all you want, but really when you have 17 turnovers and the Bucks only have five. And when you only make seven out of 29 threes and Milwaukee, which I believe that Phoenix has the advantage at the three-point line, and Milwaukee was even at the three-point line. Milwaukee had more possessions. I think they had like 19 more possessions than Phoenix. So in a game when you shoot 50% and it's a close game you lose, it really comes down to possessing the ball, and Phoenix didn't do a great job of that. Um, We know that Milwaukee has the advantage with their size, with Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Bobby Portis. Uh, But, yeah, Phoenix – had they you know all things considered they didn't really play their best game and still had a lead about midway through the fourth quarter and really Milwaukee really didn't take the lead until really late in that game um game five is going to be 
interesting because what I've seen so far is at times both teams have shown low basketball IQ, uh, unpoised, composure, not really great. Um, you know, Devin, Book, Devin Booker had an awful foul for his fifth foul on P.J. Tucker where he was – trying to box P.J. Tucker out, but he clearly wasn't even in position to get the rebound, and he shoved P.J. Tucker out of bounds, and you just can't do that, especially when you're cooking. Like, Devin Booker really could have had a 50-piece last night, but he had a bunch of stupid fouls that took him out of the game and um, really took him out of rhythm because he only had, I think, two or four points in the fourth quarter. Um, If you're Phoenix, I think – you're at home, so you would expect, you know, guys like Mikael Bridges to play better, Aiton to play better at home. Uh, I think they need more Cam Johnson. I think Cam Johnson should get more minutes. Um, campaign should be, should play better at home. But the problem is, is that all the pressure's on Chris Paul. Um, you know, this is a legacy game for Chris Paul. It's a 2-2 series. Um, you were up 2-0, and you couldn't get one in Milwaukee. You're at home. You have a great crowd. And, you know, Chris Paul, this is really it for him. Um, you know, I really don't see Phoenix really – they're a contender next year, but the West is going to be loaded next year. Like, we got the Lakers coming back with LeBron 80 healthy. They're going to add some playmaking, add some more shooting uh, to their roster. The Gold State Warriors are going to get Klay Thompson back with Steph Curry coming off the season that he had. And you got guys like Kelly Oubre – James Weissman, who could possibly be trading ships. And you also have two lottery picks for the Warriors. The Warriors have the seventh pick and the 14th pick in this year's draft. So they're definitely in a position to make a trade. Um, one trade I saw that was interesting was they would trade Wiseman and their picks for Pascal Siakam. That's a possibility, um, depending on what direction Toronto wants to go in. Uh, that could be a very interesting situation. We don't know what the Warriors are going to do. The draft is in two weeks. Um, so a lot of rumors are about to start flying about trades and players possibly be on the move. Um, so, you know, the Warriors are going to definitely be a team to watch. Um, you know, Denver's getting Jamal Murray back at some point next year, a full offseason with Aaron Gordon. Um, they'll probably make some tweaks to their roster. You know, Michael Porter really just came off of his first full season in the NBA. And, um, you know, he's a talented player. And you got the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, the Clippers, depending on the timetable of Kawhi's injury, I think with Kawhi's injury, you know, the, he's probably going to stay in L.A. next year. He had a player option. He could have opted out. But with this news of his partially torn ACL, I really see Kawhi just staying and rehabbing and um, giving it one more shot with the Clippers. I mean, Ty Lue did a hell of a job coaching this year. Uh, Paul George stepped up in Kawhi's absence. I think the Clippers need to retain Reggie Jackson. That's going to be very important for the Clippers if they're going to, you know, tread water until they get Kawhi back next year. So, I mean, the path to the a championship next year out of the West is going to be very tough. And I had mentioned Dallas, and we know Portland's going to make a move at some point as well. So, you know, Memphis is an up-and-coming team as well. So, I mean, the West is tough. The West is tough. So, this is really your moment, Chris Paul, to really – get the job done. I mean, we can go through your history. I mean, game five, 2014 against Oklahoma City had two atrocious turnovers in a game where they were up like four or five, like with like 25, 30 seconds left, and they blew it, and they lose that series in six. And then the very next year, 
had a 3-1 lead on a good Houston Rocket team. I would say a great Houston Rocket team, a pretty good team. Um, and you let Josh Smith, of all people, come back when you were up 20, I think, going into the fourth quarter at home with a chance to close out and get to the Western Conference Finals and play the Warriors in 2015, and they blew that lead. And then, unfortunately, in 2018, you know, he had the hamstring injury. When Rockets were up 3-2, he couldn't play. We know what happened. The Rockets missed 27 threes in a row. They lose that series to Stephen KD. And then the very next year, KD goes down, and they can't win game five in, in uh, Oakland. And then they lose game six at home. Steph went crazy in the second half of game six in that playoff series in 2019. So, I mean, it's really a lot of pressure on Chris Paul. It's going to be very interesting to see how not only he responds, but how the team responds around him because, you know, Phoenix is a young team. This is DeAndre Ayton's first playoff run, Devin Booker's first playoff run, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. This is really campaign's first playoff run as a significant uh, role player coming off the bench. And, you know, the pressure's on Phoenix. I mean, I think the beginning of game five is going to be very important for Phoenix. Um, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you have to – understand that the pressure is now back on Phoenix to not only hold home court, but Chris Paul's going to be under a lot of pressure and you have to jump on Phoenix early. And I think for the Bucks, they got to continue to use the Chris Middleton, Giannis pick and roll. It was very effective in game four. I don't know why at times they went away from it. Like Drew Holiday was jacking up crazy shots and shot four for 20. Um, offensively, this series, except for game three, Drew Holiday has been terrible. Defensively, he's done a good job of handling CP3, so I'm not going to completely bash Drew Holiday because he's doing a, a good job defensively. But offensively, he has to be better, especially on the road. Chris Middleton has to be better on the road as well. Really, in this postseason, Middleton's really only had one really good game on the road in these playoffs, and that was game six in Atlanta to close the Atlanta Hawks out. Um. I think the Bucs, you know, they know that they have a clear advantage in the paint, but they need to make sure that they continue to go inside the paint. Um, more Giannis posting up, more Giannis in the pick and roll. Don't have Giannis at the top of the key where you teams can wall him up, get Giannis on the move, get him active in the pick and roll, get him in the post, force um, the Phoenix Suns a double team and kick out for three. And um, I think the three-point line is going to be very important as well. Uh, Phoenix – has really only won the three-point line one game this series, and that was game two. They made 23s. Uh, Milwaukee actually made more threes in game one. They made more threes in game three, and they were tied in game four. And, you know, Phoenix, you would think, has the better shooters with them being a perimeter team. But truthfully, they really only outshot the Bucks from the three-point line one game this series, and that was game two. So, uh, at this point, I mean – both teams have made adjustments. It's really going to come down to execution and execution. And um, I believe Phoenix is going to win game five. If the Bucs won game five, would I be surprised? No, because like I said earlier, Chris Paul is under a lot of pressure. Um, how he responds to the pressure will rub off on his team. And um, if the Bucs jump down Phoenix early and – one game five, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Chris Paul understands this moment, and he was he couldn't have been any worse in game four. Um, so you're not going to have Chris Paul with more turnovers than baskets, but he really needs to have 
a game like game one and game two and, and then game six against the Clippers, I think they really need that type of performance from Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns being such a young team uh, outside of Chris Paul. And um, how the game's going to be officiated will be interesting as well. Um, I think Phoenix needs to even the gap at the foul line. Um, like I said, they shot more free throws in game one, but since then the Bucks have dominated as far as attempts at the free throw line. And most of that's Giannis um, being Giannis. And yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, I believe that this series will go seven now. So I believe that Phoenix will win game five. I think Milwaukee will win game six at home and then game seven is up for grabs. That's anybody's game. Um, my gut is telling me Phoenix and seven, but if Milwaukee won this series, I would not be surprised. Um, I think that what we've seen in this series is that role players, young players play better at home. And I think Monty Williams will make a few more adjustments um, than Mike Budenholzer. We've seen the Bucks at times, they're very frustrating to watch. Um, they don't look like they have much fluidity on offense. They don't look like they have a lot of continuity. And I think at some point that's going to come back to bite them. So we shall see, but I'm going to wrap this up and uh, thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys for continuing to listen to me and Royal and uh, support Carolina Blitz. And we got some good things coming up uh, with football season on the horizon, the Olympics. we got some major fights coming up and NBA draft. So a lot of things that we're going to cover and get into. And we appreciate y'all support and we'll see y'all next time.